chapter 32. I pick up in the story of a man many of you, I'm sure, are familiar with. <clears throat> and we're just going to look at his life for a moment this morning. And God is not finished here. And I believe in the name of Jesus, things are going to happen in this room. Like I already said, restoration is in this room. Healing is in this room. Victory is in this room. In the name of Jesus. And we're going to mix, mix our faith with what God wants to do here in this place this morning. In the name of Jesus. Genesis chapter 32, we pick up the story of Jacob. And a familiar story, a familiar man. I'm sure everyone here at some point has heard of Jacob in the Bible. We're picking up in a moment where he has found himself alone. He's journeying back towards his father's land, his father's house. And he finds himself alone for a moment, away from his family, away from his kin. And he's alone with God. And he's, in Genesis chapter 32, verse 24, it says, And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him. That man would become known as a messenger of God, an angel, with him. And until the breaking of the day, and when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. Skipping down to the last verse in this chapter, verse 32 it says therefore the children of Israel eat not of the sinew which shrank which is upon the hollow of the thigh unto this day because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh in the sinew that shrank for a few moments here this morning I'm going to preach to you talk to you speak to you about this simple but very important and powerful subject just one touch Just one touch. Just one touch from God. And your life can never be the same. Just one experience. One encounter with the Holy Ghost. And you do not have to walk out here the same way you walked in. Just one. Is there anybody in here that you can testify? There was a season, a moment, a point in your life where maybe you were broken. Maybe you were hurting. Maybe you felt like you had it all together. But you found yourself in the presence of God. And just one shatabasa, just one touch from God changed your life. You were sick in your body, but there was one touch. You were messed up in your mind, but there was one touch from God. Just one touch. Right now, if you could lift your hands towards heaven, Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus right now, God, we're mixing our faith with your word. And we are believing and declaring right now, God, that there is an encounter with your spirit, with your presence for each and every person from the youngest to the oldest. From the, from the saint that's been here for years to the person that this is your first time in an apostolic church. That each and every person would have an encounter with your word, an encounter with your presence right now. In the name of Jesus, that we can experience your power. We can experience your glory. We can experience a touch from you here. In the name of Jesus. 
In the name of Jesus, let me speak every word that you would have me to speak, Father. Declare every promise to what you would have me to declare. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, and if you believe that, could you lift up your voice and give some praise and some honor and some glory to God, for He is worthy. Just one touch. Just one touch in the name of Jesus. Just one touch. I don't believe I'll be long this morning, but I do have a word and I'm going to share it. If you want to remain standing, you can remain standing. If you want to sit down, that's fine as well. I'm not going to be five minutes, so if you want to sit down, that's okay. We've read about this moment in Jacob's life when the biggest transformation would happen. He would go from being Jacob to now being Israel. And he... uh, would ultimately be the one that would start off the, the nation, God's chosen people, the nation that, that would ultimately take on his name, Israel. But in order for us to appreciate what God does in this moment, what God does in Jacob's life, we have to take a moment to look back and reflect on who Jacob was. Because while he would become this amazing man and do all these awesome things and be the, the one that God would name his chosen people after, unfortunately that wasn't always who he was, how he represented himself, how he carried himself. His name, Jacob, actually means deceiver. It means supplanter. It means heel grabber. In other words, he's Jacob, and he lives up to his name from the moment he was born. His, 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 it says his Esau, his brother, was born, and then Jacob, after him, grabs after his, his ankle, his heel, as his would rightfully be named so, heel grabber. And ultimately, Jacob would find himself being living up to his name as being the person that is willing to do whatever he's got to do to get what he wants. Part of it is almost admirable. You know, there's something to admire about someone that's willing to just go after, seek after, push after what it is they want, whether it's the things of God or whatever the case may be. And there's something almost admirable about that with Jacob. But I once heard a man of God describe Jacob this way. He's like, he's like a man that wants to, to give a blessing, give an offering to God, so he breaks into someone's car. It's like, you know, his, his motive might be right. His, 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 uh, his, his, what he wants to do, what he wants to accomplish, his means, his motive, that might be right. But his method needs some help. Because, you know, if you want to give an offering to God, go get a job. Don't, <laughs> don't go steal from someone else. But Jacob, that's exactly what he does. He goes and whatever he wants, he goes after. He goes after that. And unfortunately, it does come at the expense of those around him. It says in a... Genesis chapter 25, verse 27, And the boys grew, and Esau was a cunning hunter, a man of the field, and Jacob was a plain man, dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of the venison, but Rebekah loved Jacob. And then it says, moving forward, it says, verse 29, And Jacob sawed pottage. He was making pottage. And Esau came from the field, and he was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. Because he eat them beans up. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help it. <laughs> His name was called Edom. Jacob said, sell me this day thy birthright. Esau is a man of the field. He was a hunter. He was a hairy man. He was a rough man. And he finds himself hungry, faint, exhausted from his day. And he sees Jacob, it says, making that same pottage, something that was familiar, something that I'm sure Jacob had done at times past, Jacob being a tent dweller, someone that stays close to home, stays close to 
to, to mom. I have a feeling Jacob may have been a little bit of a mama's boy, which is fine. We got any mama's boys in the room? A couple proudest. They're all like, I don't want to say that. <laughs> My friends are looking. Nah, see, then you're not a mama's boy because you'd be proud to just proclaim that. Anyway, uh, yeah, I can see Jacob. I can see Jacob being that way. But like I said, Jacob, this this supplanter, this heel grabber, this this man that's willing to go after what he wants out of life, no matter the cost, he finds himself with this encounter with Esau. Esau has this precious thing. He has this birthright. And Jacob wants that birthright. And there's something, like I said, there's almost something admirable about Jacob because while his method oftentimes was, was wrong, his desire may have been in the right place. I want the blessings of God for my family. I want the blessings. And I have a feeling he probably came honest by it because it says, if you read further before when they were in Rebekah's womb, Rebekah's told from God that there's a nation, there's two nations at war in your womb. And one of them is going to be greater and stronger than the other. And the younger is going to serve, or the older is going to serve the younger. And I have a feeling, given the fact that Rebekah had a favorite son named Jacob, she probably grew up telling him the stories. Jacob, you're going to be something. Jacob, you're going, to, you're going to rule. You're going to be over your big brother. I know that's not the way our family does it, but that's how God told me it's going to happen. And so I could see Jacob naturally wanting to say, well, you know what? Maybe God needs my help. So let me just do some things and help make it happen. You know, I'm going to get that birthright. That's a good place to start. And so he takes advantage of Esau's weakness. But here's the thing. In this moment, I, I want you to pay attention to Esau's behavior, not necessarily Jacob's. While, again, Jacob's method may have been wrong, his means was to go after something beyond the now. But Esau's issue in this moment is he was too focused on how he felt in the moment. Because the birthright is not just something you give away. It even says that Esau despised the birthright. That's something that should matter to you. But it's not something that maybe gives you much right now. But it's something that, that has promises attached to it. It's something that has a destiny attached to it. It's something that has a tomorrow attached to it. But Esau, in the moment, found himself weak and said, I want that same pottage that's familiar. I want that same thing that I've tasted before. I want that same thing that I can see right now. And it can take care of this need right now. But look at that moment with Jacob when he's having his identity change. When God's coming to him and he says, you're now going to be Israel, what happens? Jacob, what's, what you might not realize is Jacob, he had it all together. He was very, I say this the way, he was very well put together. Because it describes him as a plain man, but that word plain does not mean like boring or basic. Plain, it meant complete. It meant perfect. In other words, almost not flawless, but just like he's got everything that he needs. And so Jacob in this moment with the angel is all together. And up to this point, he has learned how to do what he needs to do, what he wants to do to get what he wants on his own. But the angel touches the hollow of his thigh, and now all of a sudden he's got a limp. Now all of a sudden he's experiencing pain. Now all of a sudden he has an issue in the present that he's got to deal with. But watch the contrast. Esau has an issue in the present. He's hungry. And he says, I'm giving up what's to come to get what I need right now. But Jacob is now experiencing a flaw and a problem with his present. But his response to the angel doesn't change. He says, bless me. I'm not letting you go until you bless me. And the angel says, he's not letting me go. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hurt him. And he hurts him. But you don't see Jacob change and say, oh, you know what? Forget the blessing. Just heal this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll let you go. He says, I'm still not letting go until you bless me. Because Jacob said, it does not matter how I feel right now. What's coming on the horizon is a much bigger deal. With what God has for me tomorrow matters more than my present. But you see, Esau was consumed with what mattered in the moment. And there's a phrase that we use today. I don't think we realize the, the biblical connotation that it has. And I've heard people say, you are what you eat. It's very true. Because Esau, it says, like I said, I was making a joke about it, but it says after he sought the pottage, 
It said Esau's name was now Edom, which does not mean eat them. It means red because he ate of the red pottage. But Jacob now becomes Israel, which means to prevail. And so Jacob becomes what he was pursuing after. Esau became what he was pursuing after. Esau's lineage, his legacy would not be called the Esauites. It would not be called the Esauians. It was, they were called the Edomites. Because what he was desiring, what he pursued after, became what he produced. What came of his legacy was with what he, what he was after right now. Jacob's people were called what? The Israelites. Because what he was going after. So I'm here to tell you today, what are you going after? What are you pursuing? What are you focused on? Are you focused on what does this have to do with one touch? I'm getting there. But right now, what, what, are you, what matters to you? I challenge you not to be focused with the circumstances of the now, the problems with the now, but look beyond that. Say, God, what do you have for me tomorrow? What's going on down the horizon? What are you doing in this season? I'm not praying for the storm to go away because there might be something you're doing right now. Instead, I want to know what's coming on the horizon. Your desire for God has to go beyond your circumstances. There's something else amazing in this this story of Jacob, in this same encounter you see. And there's a moment he's now, I'm going to tell the story a little bit out of order. I apologize if you get confused by it, but it's for a reason. But Jacob, he finds himself, he tricks his, he deceives his father. He steals another thing from Esau, and now he's on the run. And he has an encounter with God. This is his first encounter one-on-one. He's just on, he's all by himself. He's alone. He's traveling to his family in a, a different land away from his brother, so his brother doesn't come and kill him. And uh, Genesis chapter 28, verse 10, it tells of Jacob when he was at a place he was resting. It says, and Jacob went out from Beersheba and went towards Haran. And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth and at the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham. Thy father and the God of Isaac, the land wherein thou liest to thee, will I give it into thy seed. Skipping down to verse 16, it says, Jacob awaked out of his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. Something very significant that happens at this, the, the, the opening text I read talking about Jacob's transformation. There's something that happens there that hadn't happened, I believe, up until that point. And that was Jacob had not actually made it his God of yet. Because how does God introduce himself to Jacob? Hey, Jacob, it's Lord, the God of Abraham, your grandfather, and the God of Isaac, your father. He doesn't say the God of Jacob. And I I believe this is confirmed in the fact Jacob wakes up and says, the Lord was here and I knew it not. If If you're familiar with something, if you're familiar with someone, you recognize their presence. But he doesn't even realize that God was among him because he had not yet made it his God. There are several instances, if you continue to read through his story in Genesis, where he proclaims it's the God of Abraham. It's the God of Isaac. Or it's it's, uh, God, the God God of my father, the God of this. He never says, you know, it's just my God. But what happens the very next chapter after that encounter with the angel when he's, when he's having this moment with the angel and the angel changes him and, or hurts him and, and touches him and, and God, the power of God hits him and he trans, transitions into this name now, Israel. Guess what happens in the very next chapter? 
At the end of the chapter, after he goes and sees his brother Esau and everything's okay, it says at the end, Genesis chapter 33, verse 20. And he erected there an altar and called it El Elohe Israel, which means the God of Israel. If I could say it this way, it means the God of Jacob. After that encounter, after that touch from God, Jake, something changed in Jacob where he realized it's no longer good enough that it's my father's God. It's no longer good enough that it's my grandfather's God. But after this experience that I've had with him, I realize I've got to make him my God. I've got to make him, I've got to make him mine. I've got, to, I've got to grab a hold of him like I've never grabbed a hold of him before. It's not great, good enough that I live through my pastor's relationship. It's not good enough that I live through my, my elder's relationship, through my father and my mother. I've got to get connected to him for myself. I've got to seek after him for myself. I've got to grow up. Jacob had to make God his own. But probably the biggest thing I see from this, this moment, this story with Jacob, in this, in this the, 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 the scripture we read in the beginning in Genesis chapter 32 about, you know, he's wrestling with this angel and he gets touched and all this experience is going on. I think this is probably one of the biggest things, and this is something I believe, I'm saying all this to say, I believe these are things that we have to experience for ourselves and encounter for ourselves in order for that touch to just change our lives, in order for us to experience God to that capacity. You've got to make him your own. You've got to, you've got to, he's not looking for a relationship with you through someone else. He wants a relationship with you directly. And so you've got to be after that. You've got to be about that. But also your desire for him has to go beyond just your circumstances. It has to go beyond just what it looks like today. But ultimately, one of the biggest things that I believe can keep you from experiencing what it is you're looking from with God or that, that touch from God, that life-changing moment with God is this. Genesis chapter 32, verse 24. Again, it says, and Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. Verse 27. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. What? Obviously. I know there's nothing profound there. You're like, you're waiting for it. I'm going to keep you on pins and needles. No. In order for you to understand the significance of this moment, I need to tell you that story that I passed over earlier. A story where Jacob does probably one of the, 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 the craziest moments of his life is he takes advantage of his father's illness. His father was blind, and he was of age, and he was, at that point in his life, was like, I need to bless the next generation. I need them to, to carry this on, so it's time for me to bless them. And rightfully so, I need to bless the firstborn Esau, so I'm going to give him that blessing. And Jacob decides... Um, with his mother's help that, you know what, my father's blind. We're twins, so we're not too, too different. Maybe I can get him to bless me instead. And so Jacob decides once more, I'm going to deceive. I'm going to use what I'm good at. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take advantage of this moment to get what it is I'm looking for, that blessing from God. And so with his mother's help, he covers himself in, 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 in uh goat's hair he covers his he, he adorns himself in clothes that did not belong to him but it smelled like the field smelled like his brother his mother prepares a meal that tastes like the food that Esau normally makes for Isaac and he ultimately steals this blessing because he deceived his father into believing he was someone he's not 
in verse uh, 27, or excuse me, chapter 27 of Genesis, verse 18, it says, And he came unto his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I. Who art thou, my son? And Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn. I have done according as thou badest me. Arise, I pray thee, sit and eat of my venison, that thy soul may bless me. Going back, sorry, I know, computer, you're jumping all over the place. Genesis 32, verse 28, once more. And he said, thy name, excuse me, uh, no, verse 27. And he said to them, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. What happens? This moment with Jacob in, in this encounter with God where he's looking for a blessing. He's looking for God to change his life. This is not the first time that God, or excuse me, that Jacob sought after a blessing. He sought after a blessing with his father, Isaac. But you see, when he sought after the blessing the first time, he hid who he was. Because he felt, me coming to you as Jacob isn't good enough. Me coming to you as as I am is not what you're looking for. So let me dress the part. Let me make myself look like someone else. Let me pretend that y'all are like, well, that doesn't really apply to us. Yes, it does. Because unfortunately, so many times we come to God and we pretend to be something we're not. God's not looking for you to make a facade. He's not looking for you to make, make it look like you're all together. He's not looking for you to be like the person next to you. He's looking for you to be honest, open, and vulnerable with who you are. Because God cannot touch and change who you are if you're too busy trying to be someone else. And so this moment in Jacob's life, he's like, I'm not good enough as Jacob's the supplanter. Jacob, I'm not going to come to my father as Jacob. I'm going to come to him as Esau because if I come to him as Esau, Esau's loved more than I am. Esau's going to get the blessing. Esau's going to, here's the reality. Jacob did not have to do this stuff to become all that he became. It was prophesied while he was in the womb that the younger brother would be over the older, that the younger brother would be this great nation. It was already proclaimed. It was already prophesied. But Jacob said, let me just handle it my way. I don't got to trust God with it. I don't got to trust his plan. I can make this work on my own. But he has this moment where he realizes, I'm not good enough. So let me pretend to be something that I'm not. And his father ultimately gets deceived. But now he's before God. And God says, who are you? And he responds, I'm Jacob. I'm just Jacob. I'm the, I'm the supplanter. I'm the deceiver. I'm the, I'm the trickster. I'm the liar. I'm the one that's, 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 that's you know, used my, my abilities in this, in this life to, to better my life. I'm the one that's kind of manipulated situations together. I want, I'm that guy that's got this past. I'm this, that guy that's got these problems. I'm, I'm not this perfect picture that you want, but I am real, and this is who I am. And in his vulnerability, and in his openness, and in his, his transparency with God, something could finally happen because he was no longer focused about being picture perfect. He was no longer worried about looking the right part. But he said, God, you want me? Here I am. All my flaws, all my problems. So many times people stay away from God. I can't tell you the amount of times I've had people say, well, you know what? I want to get right with God, but first I'm going to try to quit this stuff that I've been doing. Or I'm gonna get I'm gonna get right with God, but first I wanna I wanna clean this stuff up, or I wanna I wanna be a good Christian, but first I gotta I gotta cut this out of my life. You keep trying to get right without getting God. When you can't get right without God, you gotta get God to get right. 
So why don't you stop trying to figure it out on your own? Come to him with your problems. Come to him with your struggles. Come to him with who you are. And in your transparency, in your realness, in your openness, then he can touch you and change you in a way you never knew was possible. So many times I feel like we come, to, we come to the church, we come to God, and we've got it all put together. I can't tell you how many times I've gone to ask someone, and I feel something in my spirit, just the heaviness. I'm like, hey, how are you doing? Like, oh, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Everything's fine. I'm like, you sure? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm good. Are you, though? Why is it in the body of Christ? Why is it in the presence of God is where we feel like we've got to put it all together? That should be the place. Where those walls can come down. I can show you the dirty laundry. I can show you I don't have it all together. I can show you where I've been struggling. I can show you. Because there's grace. And there's mercy. And there's the love of God. Why does this matter? Why is this significant? What does this have to do with me getting a touch from God? What does this have to do with us getting back to where we were? I told you I wasn't going to be long. I didn't feel like I was going to be long. I'm, I'm actually, actually no, Nathaniel, come on, come on up. I definitely went faster than I thought I was going to, but I think the Lord's just ready to, to have his way in this place. This matters. The God of Jacob. There's a, uh, that's my wife's hair and mom. Sorry. Distracted. <sighs> the God of Jacob. It was already declared before to Jacob and many other times in Scripture that it was the God of Abraham. The God of Isaac. But it becomes the God of Jacob. I didn't realize this literally until yesterday when I was studying and I felt just the Lord showed me this. Abraham, why Abraham? If you're not familiar with the story of Abraham, he's obviously the father. He's where it all began, the father of the nation of Israel, if you will. Obviously, Jacob is where it starts, but, you know, father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had father Abraham. He's where the, the promises for Israel were given. But Abraham was not his original name. His name before was Abram. But he became Abraham as he answered the call and as God did things in his life. He said, you're not going to be Abram no more. You're going to be Abraham. So why, when it comes to the God of Jacob, does he not say the God of Israel? Why not? He did it for Abraham. He said, Abraham, you were Abram, but now you're Abraham. They're going to know me as the God of Abraham. But then Jacob is going to be the God of Jacob. Do you realize this is what I believe the Lord showed me? The God of Abraham represents the God for your future. Because Abraham was not how it started, but it was how it was ending. And so the God of Abraham was saying, I'm the God for your future. When, when I've got planned for you tomorrow, what I've got planned for you next year, I'm the God of that, and I, I, I'm, I'm going to take care of that. But then what about Isaac? Guess what? Isaac's name never changed. Isaac's was the name that God was given, God gave him in his present. And so Isaac... Being the God of Isaac represents the God of your right now. In your situations, in who you are today, I'm in that, I'm there, and I'm over all of it. I'm the God of Isaac. I'm the God of your today. I'm the God of how you feel in this moment. I'm the God of your pain in this moment. I'm the God of your suffering in this moment. 
And just like I can feel it in this room, everyone's like, yeah, my moment, my now. Yes, Jesus, amen. The God of Abraham, the future, that's not the one we have to worry about as much because that's definitely out of our control. The God of Isaac is the one we get so excited about because it's where we're at right now. But the God of Jacob is the one we struggle with the most because what does Jacob represent? Jacob doesn't end up as Israel. He started as Jacob. Jacob, being the God of Jacob, is showing you that he is the God over your past. He is the God over your mistakes. He's the God over the problems. He's the God over where you started. But we limit him because we don't get to forget. We still have to see what we did. We still have to see the pain we went through. But God stepped in and said, Jacob, I'm here. And I'm the God of your past. I'm the God of your problems. I'm the God of your pain. I'm the God of your suffering. And if you would let me be God, there is no telling what I can do in you and for you and through you. But you've got to be open with him. You've got to be vulnerable. You've got to say, God, I'm a sinner in need of a savior. You don't know what I've done, God. Yes, I do. You don't know where I've been. Yes, I do. You don't know what they did. Yes, I do. And I'm bigger than all of that. But we get so focused on the future and the now that we, we limit God and we say, God, you, but you don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what it was like. Yes, he does. He was there every step of the way because he's the God of Jacob. He's the God of the past. He's the God over your problems, the mistakes, the where you were. He's the God over all of it. He's the God that was. He's the God that is. He's the God that always will be. So why do we put him in a box and say, God, you can take care of right now, sure. And I'm trusting you with tomorrow. But you can't go back there. Jacob would have never become who he was supposed to become that direction if he didn't become open and honest with God about that direction. It was in that moment of vulnerability and openness and transparency. Say, God, I know I could tell you that I'm Esau like I did. My, it worked out. I told my dad I was Esau because I knew that's what he wanted. I knew that's who he liked. I knew that's what, what was preferred to him. So I could, I could tell you that I'm that, but I'm not going to lie to you, God. I'm going to be honest. I'm a sinner. I've lied. I've hurt people. I'm going to be honest, God. I've, I've been hurt. I'm Jacob. I don't know. what I, don't, I didn't like how I was saying. I didn't like the fact that I, didn't, I, had to, I only had my mom. My father didn't love me. That's what Jacob had to say. It says it that Jacob was loved by Rebecca, but his own father only cared for Esau. So Jacob felt, I can't just come to my dad as I am because that's not what he wants. But his heavenly father came down and said, no, I want Jacob. I want the real you. I want the one that's hurting. I want the one that's confused. I want the one that's broken. So I open this altar up for anyone. Like I said, I believe that the power of God is here. The love of God is here. The restoration power of God is here. But I want to open this altar up to three, three specific things. One, that those that, that need to come to God and say, God, I want you more than I want my circumstances to change. Because just like Jacob, my desire has got to go beyond what it feels like right now. And so, God, yeah, there's some stuff in my life that I would like to be different. I'd like to be, I'd like to be, be adjusted. Going back that moment with Jacob, do you realize he walked in there plain? 
as the scripture says, he walked in there whole. He walked in there perfect. He walked in there complete. He walked out with a limp. He walked out in more pain than he did going in. Because he wasn't there for that. But he said, God, this hurts and I don't like it. And I can't move like I used to. But, but this is reminding me of who you are and what you've done. So God, in spite of my circumstances, I'm not letting go. But I'm going to keep holding on because I want you more than I want my circumstances to change. I don't like them. It's uncomfortable. But I trust you beyond what, what it's like right now. And I'm going to open up this altar for someone here today that maybe you need to just finally make up your mind. God, your mind. I'm not satisfied with just Sunday to Sunday anymore. I want you on Monday in my prayer life. I want you on Tuesday when I'm spending my time with you. I want you on Wednesday. I've got, I've got to go beyond just my, my relationship with my pastor being good. I've got, I've got to get him for myself. Just like Jacob in that moment, he said, God, I, something's got to change. It's no longer good enough to be the God of, of my, my father's, my God of my mother's, but it's got to be mine. And then lastly, that openness. That, this one's going to be the hardest one to come down for, but it's the truth. You've got to be open and say, God, I don't want to limit what you can do in my life and through my life because I can't get over of how I handled that situation. I can't get over what happened to me. I can't get over how it felt, what it looked like. And I've been trying to, I've been trying to do everything you've called me to do and be everything you've called me to be while just keeping that in the closet tucked away because I don't like that. I don't want you to touch that. But see, that's what happened because God, like I said, this one touch from God in that moment was the most vulnerable Jacob had ever been with himself and with God because in that moment he came to him and said, um, it's Jacob. And after that, he became the God of Jacob because Jacob said, God, you can have all that. I'm not keeping some of these closets closed anymore. I'm not limiting what you can do and where you can go and who you can be in my life. You can touch it all. It's going to hurt. It's going to be uncomfortable, God, but I trust you because you're the God that's ordering my steps in the future. You're the God that's ordering my steps right now, but God, you are also the one that was leading me and guiding me in my past and knew everything that was going on when I didn't like it. And it was uncomfortable, but you were there. Everyone, if you can stand in this place, if you've come down front, you can continue to pray. But everyone across this place, if you can stretch your hands towards heaven. Right now, in the name of Jesus, God is in this room. And he wants you to know that I was there. I've always been there. I'm orchestrating your steps tomorrow, yes. I'm guiding you tomorrow, yes. I'm with you right now, yes. But I was also there back then when you didn't like it, when you didn't understand it. In the name of Jesus, I'm talking to some people that, that came in here with some wounds that you didn't know. You didn't, you've never talked about them before. You've never, you've never embraced them before. You've, you've just kept them under the rug. God's saying, no, in order for you to get where I want you to go, you've got to give that to me. Because I'm the God over all of that. I'm in control of all that. I've, I've been orchestrating all of it, but you've got to trust me. You've got to open yourself up to me. In the name of Jesus right now, God, I take authority and dominion over every lie of the enemy. They would say they're not good enough. They would tell them that they are born this way. They would tell them that they can't change, that they can't be renewed, that they can't be. It's a lie. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I lose truth. I lose the revelation of who you are. 
In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Ishomo Satayamasa. Yolomundo ye. Hira Menda Ramasata. In the name of Jesus. Right now, God. Right now, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yolomundo Saye. Yromo Sata. Let me know you, God, as Jacob came to know you. Let me know you as Isaac came to know you. Let me know you as Abraham came to know you. Let it be said that you are the God of Jalen. That you are the God of who I am. You are the God over who I was. You are the God over who I ever will be. In the name of Jesus, I lose restoration right now, God, in the name of Jesus. That your healing power, God, would flow in every mind, in every heart, in every spirit. That there would be a touch from you in this place. That each and every person, God, who is open and willing to make themselves vulnerable with you would experience your love and could leave here changed. Just the way Jacob walked away different, God. We could walk away different knowing who you are, knowing what you are. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.